my father was a uh, one of the Tuskegee Airmen, and uh, he got stationed at it was called at the time Lockbourne Air Base in Columbus, Ohio, which later on the name changed to Rickenbacker after the famous uh, Eddie Rickenbacker. And uh, we, uh, so I had the opportunity of being born there and going to school, high school, and even Ohio State University in Columbus. Uh, my father uh, was stationed in the Azores when I was uh, two and three years old. So we, we, I can remember a lot of that uh, as a child. That's Reverend Charles Pratt, pastor of the Victory Church of God in Christ in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. In an oral history interview, he talks about his life in Columbus, Ohio, the Azores, and other places. I'm Judith Monakina, and I had the honor of interviewing Reverend Pratt and his wife, Evelyn, co-pastor, as part of the NAACP Berkshire Branch Oral History Project. This is a small taste of that interview. We came back. We uh, went to uh, Illinois, uh, right outside of the University of Illinois, Champaign, Illinois. And then we went to uh, Idaho. To uh, They have a sack base there in a place near Mountain Home, Idaho. And uh, my youngest sister was born there in Idaho. People don't believe it when she says... Uh, they said, where are you from? She says, Idaho. And they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> so do you remember anything of the Azores? I do. Yeah. I, I, re I remember bullfights. Uh, they tell me I, I always cheered for the bull. I thought it was funny to see those guys get flipped up in the air by the bull when I was little. I can remember cheering for the bull. Wow. And uh, I can remember the beach and, the, you know, the, the people. Uh, we, we lived in the Portuguese neighborhood. Uh, my father chose to live in a neighborhood and not on a base. And uh, so we lived. So you had there. a better sense of the place. Yeah, yeah. I can remember, have vivid pictures in my mind of being over there. That's amazing. At three years old. At three years old. Most <laughs> people don't have a lot of vivid Im images at that age. And Idaho as well. I remember fishing uh, with my father in the mountains. And uh, uh, I found out later on that was the famous Snake River, but I didn't know where it was at the time. I just remember the, you know, the pristine beauty out there. You had quite a few different places, even by while you were a kid. Yes. And then Champagne. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, I can remember the school, and they had taken like barracks and turned it into the school. One of the things I remember is uh, the teacher taking us up the up a ladder to look at uh, a robin's eggs in the nest. <laughs> Those are the things we remember yeah, when they yeah. take us outside of the curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in Champaign, then, did you live on the base? We did. Yeah. We did. Yep. And how is that different than living in the town and living? How do you, 
How would you compare that to living in a... Well, you got all these soldiers walking around, and everybody salutes. You know, you just see these people saluting one another. And, do you yeah. salute also? Uh, As a child, do you salute? I, I did, because that's what everybody did. You know, my father would do it, so I would <laughs> do my little salute. Wow. Yeah. He was in the weather station, which is always the big tower, and they had the uh, the mics where they would talk to the pilots, and he would tell them what the weather was going to be here, there, and everywhere. And I would, he would take me up there, and I'd get to see the planes taking off and landing. And the landing was exciting because this parachute would come out on the back and those planes. Oh, that was exciting. Wow. I worked in biomedical research before I went into full-time ministry. I had a lot of appointments to go and to speak here and there uh, as an evangelist. And so eventually I uh, resigned the research field and went in the full-time ministry. And here I am. Everything all seems to all come around full circle. And uh, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, all the scientists are atheists and this. I never found that to be true. Quite the contrary, the opposite. Uh, a lot of the big shots or the laureates and those people that I worked around were very dedicated people. Because when you, when you look at, at the world and the backdrop of uh, the universe, it Instead of making me disbelieve, it makes me believe. Would you tell us the name of your church? Vic the Victory Temple Church of God in Christ. The Church of God in Christ is uh, has about, uh, they say, eight and a half million members worldwide. And uh, the denomination is predominantly black. And... Uh, You'll find Church of God in Christ just about everywhere. Reverend Pratt brings his church to the community, sometimes working in civil rights, sometimes in service to those in need. I think the role of the church is multifaceted. Number one, we teach and we preach Christianity, our doctrine, and so forth. But then I, th I believe the church should be socially involved, help the helpless at any any cost and measure that we can. I think if uh, a child is uh, in need, they don't have clothes, they don't have shoes and that type of thing, we ought to provide that. We ought to reach out to people in any way that we can to make life more comfortable. Like I said, a taste of an interview. The whole thing can be found on theoralhistorycenter.org. But first, listen to Evelyn Pratt, co-pastor, as she talks about her own ministry. I was a lot of into music, because my father did provide us musical training when we were kids. You know, I had uh, private teachers, mm -hmm. and, um, and they were good. Basically, the piano, yeah. and then I went advanced to the organ, which I enjoy. I think one of the areas I remember was Cincinnati, Ohio, mm -hmm. 
and um, the other one was um, Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Ah, that was a you know I I call a mega church at the time. They had about eight hundred people there. I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that was a lot to me. Uh, you know, I was just getting to the place where I would play music, and that way I company I could contribute to his ministry that way. I said to myself, "Wow, these people got plenty of people to to um, to do their music. They had good drummers and all that stuff. They had a real lively service." Sure enough, he <laughs> he called me up there, and I was holding my little baby like I got to take care of her. Like, don't call me. But I I used to oh yeah, somebody grabbed my child, <sighs> took that excuse away. I was up there. I just was so nervous. I couldn't hardly see those keys. Boy, but I got over that. So then the pastor, now this happened to be a woman pastor there. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was saying, Ah, were you nervous up there, preacher? I said, I know he wasn't. Uh-uh. So the Pratts eventually had four children. How did they get to Pittsfield, Massachusetts? He started ministering in that church, and they loved the ministry so much. They kept him that whole week, and uh, it turned in that um, he called me back. He said, what do you think about moving to Pittsfield? She asked where it was. He said he thought it was near Albany, New York. Evelyn brought her kids out for lunch and told them. I said, sure, we'll go, you know, because I'm always traveling anyway. Something new, something different. <laughs> Do I always like to step back and find out what people are doing? I'm not here to, you know, you get over there, I'm here now, but, you mm-hmm. know. So this was what year? 1980. 1980. We moved officially December 80 yeah. into Pittsfield. Listen to the full interview, Evelyn Pratt, and the full interview of Reverend Pratt at theoralhistorycenter.org. The interviews are part of the NAACP Berkshire Branch Oral History Project in collaboration with the Housatonic Heritage Oral History Center at Berkshire Community College. A partner article about Reverend Pratt appears in the February 26, 2021 Berkshire Eagle. Thank you for listening.